Today on Food and Five is all about helping you craft a perfect Valentine's Day meal at home. Let's face it, you probably aren't going to a restaurant this year. So today we'll talk about how to make a delicious three-course meal, starting with roasted squash and goat cheese salad with homemade balsamic vinaigrette and almonds. Now this salad makes the perfect starter for your Valentine's Day meal. Um, the main course, which we'll share after this, is halibut with a white bean ragu. Uh, and the final course is homemade panna cotta. I'm Chef Ben, this is Food in Five, and this is your three course Valentine's Day meal for two. So the salad is roasted butter and squash, arugula, almonds, goat cheese, and balsamic vinaigrette. The first thing we need to do is roast the butternut squash. So for two people, you'll need half of a butternut squash. I prefer the bottom half for the salad, um, and I'll explain why in a little bit. So cut the top, hot, top half off your squash and use it to make soup or roast it for a side dish. Cut the bottom part or the bulb of the squash in half and remove the seeds. I recommend peeling it, even though uh, I didn't, but it's easier to eat if you do. And you can just use a vegetable peeler to peel the squash. Once you have the bottom of the squash freed of seeds and skin, slice it into half-inch slices. Um, and then put the squash on a sheet pan lined with parchment paper and drizzle with olive oil, salt, and pepper. Roast the squash for four, on 400 degrees Fahrenheit for 35 minutes or until the squash is tender and lightly browned. Take it out of the oven and let it cool to room temperature. While the squash is roasting, make the balsamic vinaigrette. Now you can find, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the full recipe um, in the description of the video. I'll give you a link to it, but I'll kind of walk you through everything here. So for the dressing, you need two tablespoons of balsamic vinegar, half a teaspoon of mustard powder, one teaspoon honey, a quarter teaspoon salt, a pinch of pepper, and a half cup of canola oil. And what you're going to do is put everything but the oil in the bowl. So put the mustard powder, the salt, the pepper, and the honey, and the vinegar in a bowl. Slowly or sorry, whisk that together and then slowly whisk in your oil, preferably canola oil or vegetable oil, something with a neutral flavor. The dressing, once it's done, should be thick enough to coat the back of a spoon. Um, put the finished dressing in a jar and store it in the fridge until you're ready to use, and it'll last for up to a month in the fridge. So again, whisk all the ingredients together except the oil, and then slowly drizzle the oil in as you're whisking, and the, the dressing is going to thicken up and it's going to get this really nice consistency. Um, and you can tell it's done when you dip a spoon in it, run your finger along the back of the spoon, and a line should stay where your finger just crossed. So that's it. We have the roasted squash. We have the dressing. That's pretty much the salad. So the salad ingredients are the roasted squash, the balsamic vinaigrette, arugula, sliced almonds, and goat cheese. Uh, arugula also goes by the name uh, Rocket. Um, you may have seen it. Uh, it's a slight peppery kind of nutty green. It's really good. But if you don't have it, you can use spinach um, or like just a spring mix if you'd like. I really like arugula and I find the peppery nuttiness of it balances the tartness of the dressing and the sweetness of the squash. Uh, the goat cheese can be substituted for blue cheese, Parmesan, or old cheddar. And you can also substitute the almonds for hazelnuts, cashews, or pecans. So for two people, put three to four cups of greens in a mixing bowl and toss with two to three tablespoons of the dressing. You want just enough dressing to coat the greens 
but not drown them. And for the greens, just grab two big handfuls, one big handful per person. Don't worry about actually measuring it. Uh, and then about two to three tablespoons of dressing. And again, you want the greens to be coated in the dressing, but not drown in them. So to plate the salad, get two kind of small plates, like a seven or seven or eight inch plate. And put the squash around the center in rings. So you have a circle of squash made out of the rings. And then put the dressed greens in the middle of the rings. Pop the greens with goat cheese and the almonds, and you're good to go. That's simple. You can finish it with a little cracked pepper and salt if you'd like, but you don't have to. So again, you're going to make a circle in the middle of the plate with the rings of squash. You're going to put your salad in the middle of those rings. You're going to top the salad with goat cheese, and you're going to top the goat cheese with almonds, and your salad's good. And you only need like a tablespoon or two of goat cheese and a tablespoon or two of almonds. That's it. Okay, so that is the salad. And again, I'll share links to all these recipes in the description of this episode. Okay, now we move on to the halibut, specifically seared halibut with white bean ragu. Now this dish seems much more complicated than it is. That's part of the beauty of it. It's actually a straightforward dish that tastes and looks amazing. If you can't find halibut or don't like it, you can substitute it with salmon, haddock, cod, or just about any other kind of fish you'd like. Okay, so this dish is the white bean ragu, halibut, there's a sauce which we'll talk about in a few minutes, and roasted carrots. That's the whole thing. So I really like serving roasted carrots with this dish because they add a pop of orange and a bit of sweetness. You can use roasted beets instead if you'd prefer. Um, peel two carrots, just two medium-sized carrots, cut the ends off. Take one carrot. So this is what I'm going to explain to you. It might be a little confusing, so just bear with me. It's called a roll cut. So you're going to take one carrot and you're going to cut it on a 45-degree angle, about an inch thick. Okay. And then you're going to roll the carrot forward about a quarter of a turn. So when you cut the carrot on that 45 degree angle, it's going to make a point at the end of the carrot. So when you roll the carrot, that point should be at the top. And then you're going to make another 45 degree cut and get a chunk of carrot about an inch thick. And then you're just going to keep rolling the carrot and cutting it over and over. And again, that's called a roll cut or an oblong cut. This gives you carrots that are an oblong shape that look really professional and really cool. Uh, you can cut carrots as you normally would. You don't have to do this, but this technique adds a little extra. It helps make the dish seem fancy. Toss the carrots with a tablespoon of olive oil, a few sprigs of thyme, and some salt and pepper, and roast them 400 degrees Fahrenheit for about 30 to 35 minutes. Okay, while the carrots are cooking, make the white bean ragu. Start by opening a 400 ml can. I'm not sure what that is now. It's just a can of white beans. Then drain and rinse them. Heat a two-quart pot over medium heat. Add in a tablespoon of olive oil along with half a, cup, half a cup of diced onion and cook the onion for three minutes. Then add in one tablespoon of garlic and cook for another minute. Pour a half cup of white wine into the pot and cook until it is almost all evaporated. Put the beans in the pot along with a few sprigs of thyme, season with salt and pepper, then add just enough water to come up to the top of the beans. Bring the pot to a boil and turn the heat down to medium low and simmer for 10 minutes. Use a potato masher to mash approximately half the beans, um, and then add about two cups or two big handfuls of baby spinach to the pot. Turn the heat up to medium high and stir until the spinach is cooked into the beans. Uh, keep cooking the mixture until it's thick enough to stand up on a spoon, and then finish it with a squeeze of lemon juice and taste it and adjust the seasoning with salt and pepper as you need it. So really all we're doing is cooking some onion and garlic, adding wine, cooking the wine out, 
adding some thyme, some beans, a bit of water, salt, pepper, cook till the beans are tender and the water is mostly evaporated. Cook some spinach into it and then, uh, or mash the beans and then cook some spinach into it and then just finish cooking until it's a thick kind of paste. Not, not like a refried bean consistency, but just a little thicker than, than you would otherwise expect. So that's the that's the two sides taken care of. Now with the beans, well, excuse me, while the beans are cooking, we're gonna make the sauce. So this is a sauce verte or salsa verde or green sauce, depending on where in the world you're making it. Okay, so to make the sauce, put one cup of parsley, a quarter cup of sage leaves, a quarter cup of almonds, one teaspoon of kosher salt, the juice of half a lemon and half a cup of oil into a blender and blend it until smooth. Taste it and adjust the seasoning with salt and pepper as needed. That's it, that's the whole dressing. I'm gonna, that's the whole sauce. I'm gonna repeat it. One cup of parsley, a quarter cup of sage leaves, quarter cup of almonds, one teaspoon of kosher salt, the juice of half a lemon and half a cup of oil. All goes in a blender, blend it until smooth, sauce done. All right, so the halibut. We're going to talk about cooking the halibut. And again, you can do this with any fish you want. Heat a medium-sized nonstick pan over medium-high heat. It doesn't have to be nonstick. It just makes things easier. Add in a teaspoon of olive oil. Season your halibut with salt and pepper. Then place it in the pan. Cook the fish for about three minutes or until golden brown. Then flip and cook it for one more minute. Put the halibut in the oven for five to ten minutes on 400 degrees, depending on your fish, fish's thickness. When cooked, the halibut or whatever fish you're using should be firm in the middle, but not springy. I only cooked one piece of fish because my wife wasn't home when I made this, but you can obviously easily do it with two portions. So again, you just sear it in a hot pan for about three minutes, flip it, cook it for another minute, then throw it in the oven uh, for eight to 10 minutes or until it's cooked. Now to plate this, get two round plates, 10 inch plates, whatever. Um, and imagine that the plate's divided into quarters. Now in one quarter, you're going to spoon half the beans. So two plates, the beans will make enough portions for two. So spoon the beans into one quarter of the plate, top the beans with the carrots, top the carrots with the fish, top the fish with the sauce. So instead of plating the meal in the center or spreading it all out, you're going to put the beans again in one quarter of the plate, top the beans with the carrots, top the carrots with the fish, top the fish with the sauce. And if you want, you can make a line of sauce on the other side of the plate. It's super simple, it looks really nice, and it just adds a little extra wow factor to the dish. And that is the main course. And now for dessert. When you look at panna cotta, it seems like it should be hard to make. It gives off the impression of being this super elegant dessert that you can only get in fancy restaurants. But it isn't that at all. It's actually a really simple dessert. Milk, cream, sugar, vanilla, and gelatin. That's all there is to it. It's like a very light and elegant pudding. You can make it in under 20 minutes, then throw it in the fridge for a few hours to set. It is a great make-ahead dessert that anyone can put together. It's also a great way to finish the Chef's Notes Valentine's Day meal series, which, you know, this is what we've been talking about. If you're looking for a simple dessert to end a romantic meal or something quick you can make for a nice family dinner, panna cotta is the answer. All right, let's take a look. So first of all, you're going to have to work with gelatin. So to make panna cotta, you need to use gelatin, something you may or may not be familiar with. Don't worry, it's not hard to work with, but there are some things that you need to know. First of all, you can find gelatin in any grocery store. It often comes in powder form and is usually found in the baking aisle. 
When working with gelatin, you have to bloom it first. All that means is that you mix the powdered gelatin with cold water and let it sit for a few minutes to hydrate. Then you have to heat the gelatin until it melts and turns from opaque to translucent. It's easier to do this, easiest to do this by setting the bowl containing the gelatin over a pot of boiling or simmering water. The gelatin will turn to a liquid in a minute or two and turn clear in another minute or so. Now your gelatin is ready to use. To make your panna cotta, pour one cup of whole milk. You can also use two cups or 2% uh, and one cup of whipping cream into a two quart pot. Add half a cup of sugar and half a teaspoon of vanilla extract. Put the pot on the stove on medium high heat and stir until the sugar is dissolved and the dairy is just about to boil. Take the pot off the heat and whisk the mixture into the bloomed gelatin. Now, the traditional way to serve panna cotta is to let it set in a ramekin or a small dish, then unmold it so you have this nice white jiggly dessert on your plate. You can do this. It's not difficult and it looks nice, but you can also leave it in the ramekin if you'd prefer. If you're not going to unmold the panna cotta, I suggest setting it in clear glasses. It will look amazing. To cool and set the panna cotta, pour it into four dishes, whatever kind of dishes you'd like. Cover the plastic wrap, making sure to push the plastic wrap right down onto the surface of the panna cotta to prevent a film from forming. Put the dishes in the fridge for at least three hours to set. Now, again, unmolding the panna cotta is optional, but it really does add a bit of wow to the dessert. To unmold the panna cotta, place the ramekin in a bowl of hot water and let it sit for about 15 seconds. Take it out of the water, run a knife around the inside of the ramekin, put a plate on top of the ramekin and flip it over. You will likely have to jiggle the ramekin a little bit to get the panna cotta to let go, but it'll just release and then you'll have this nice white jiggly panna cotta on your plate. If you leave the ramekin in the hot water too long, your panna cotta is going to melt. So try not to go longer than 15 to 20 seconds. Now, what to serve with your panna cotta? Serve the panna cotta with fresh berries, a fruit compote, or a bit of jam. Whatever you prefer will be just fine. I opted for strawberry jam. Um, but in the post that I'll share a link to, uh, you can also use my blueberry compote recipe. So if you really want to impress someone or just want something delicious to finish a meal, look no further because panna cotta is what you've been looking for. And I hope that you've enjoyed this Valentine's Day three-course meal. I know it was kind of coming at you really fast, but again, I'll share links to all the posts in the description of the video. Um, or you can just go to chefsnotes.com and it's all right there. Should all be on the front page. Um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, as always, I'm Chef Ben. This is Food in 5. Have a great day, everybody. Happy Valentine's Day. I'll talk to you soon. Oh, and check out my other podcast, Evan and Ben Talk About Food and Stuff. You can find it wherever you're listening to this. Just search Evan and Ben Talk About Food and Stuff. You'll find it there. Uh, and if you have questions, comments, concerns, you can email me at chefbenkelly at gmail.com. And I'm still looking for a few people in the U.S. to get a free copy of my upcoming cookbook and then to write a review. So if you'd like a free copy of the book, send me a message, uh, send me an email, chefbenkelly at gmail.com. We'll send you a copy of the book. And all we ask in return is that you write an honest Amazon review about it. Thank you so much. Have a great day, everybody. I'll talk to you soon. Have a great weekend.